my friend, I have a favor to ask. I'm running as a hero in the 2023 St. Jude Memphis Marathon weekend. St. Jude heroes are runners who fundraise while they train for their race. And I am proud to be a part of this nationwide alliance against childhood cancer. I want to help make sure that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food, so they can focus solely on helping their child live. Your donation, no matter the size, will help. Will you help me reach my fundraising goal? Please visit my fundraising page to show your support at fundraising.stjude.org slash go to slash Donita J. That's D-O-N-I-T-A-J. There's a link in the show notes. I can't thank you enough for helping the kids of St. Jude. Is the swim portion of a triathlon stopping you from trying the exhilarating sport? Today, I'm going to start a two-episode series to give you some tips on how to start swimming how to improve, and how to train and race in the swim. After you listen, surely you'll be ready to give swimming a try and go after that goal to finish a triathlon. So listen in for episode seven of the official triathlete podcast. Welcome to the official triathlete podcast, where you will learn about all things triathlon from the very basics of multi-sport, training and racing tips, overall health and mindset practice, and how to blend life demands with fitness goals. I'm Donita, a board-certified registered nurse, coach, triathlon and swimming official, and seasoned triathlete. I especially love helping aspiring and beginner athletes, as well as accomplished ones, achieve those goals you've dreamed of. Head on over to trynursecoaching.com to find more great info. And while you're there, grab a copy of my free triathlon lingo and etiquette cheat sheet. Let's get started. Hello, my friends and fellow athletes. Thanks for tuning in. I am so grateful that you are here. Before we talk about swimming, I like to start each episode with a little message from my Train With Heart program. It's my mission to transform the whole athlete. And so heart not only develops and prepares the body for improved athletic performance, but aims to optimize the whole person through healing, empowerment, awareness, reflection, and transformation. So each episode, we start with a short message centered around one of these elements. And today we are going to discuss empowerment. Personal empowerment means taking responsibility for your life so you can enjoy more happiness and success. Trust yourself and make positive choices that bring you closer to achieving your goals. Here are five principles of self-improvement. Number one, set realistic goals. Small victories provide motivation. Aim for targets that are within your reach. If losing 50 pounds seems overwhelming, start with one diet tweak at a time, like putting less sugar in your coffee or drinking less soda. Number two, strengthen your skills. If you're willing to keep learning, you can expand your potential. Read self-help books and take online courses. Hire a coach. Talk with others about their areas of expertise and teach others what you know. Number three, Manage your emotions. Going beyond your comfort zone can be scary. Acknowledge your feelings while making decisions that serve your long-term interests. When your emotions are intense, think them through or talk with others who can help you sort things out. Number four, believe in yourself. Challenge the assumptions that have been holding you back. Think positive and focus on what you have to gain. And number five, gather support. Empowering yourself can enhance your relationship with others. 
Surround yourself with family and friends who boost your self-esteem. Allow yourself to be vulnerable and ask for help when you need it. Okay, so last week I debunked four myths you might be telling yourself that are stopping you from participating in a triathlon. To recap, you don't have to be super fit, you're never too old, and you don't have to train an insane amount of hours to be able to finish one. The fourth myth was, I'm not a good enough swimmer. This thought is at the top of the list of reasons I hear people say that they can't do a triathlon. But whether you don't know how, your technique is poor, you're slow, or you're afraid, I challenge you to reconsider. When I started preparing for this week's episode, I realized I had more to say than I could fit into one episode. Truthfully, I could probably do an entire podcast just on swimming, but I'm going to stick to some basics and only break this up into two episodes. This week, I'm going to give you some tips on how to start swimming and how to improve. And next week, I'll talk more about how to prepare and how to train for the swim portion of a triathlon. First, let's address fear. The fear of open water swimming, or even just swimming, is super common. I was a competitive swimmer in my younger years, so I'm a pretty strong swimmer. Heck, my first job was teaching swimming lessons, and then I was a lifeguard. So it's not like I don't know what to do to save my life in the water, but the fear of swimming in open water prevented me from starting a triathlon for a long time. I didn't like the idea of not being able to see the bottom but I didn't really want to see what was in the water either. I was afraid of what might be in there. I was and am deathly afraid of, I hate to even use the word, snakes. I didn't want anything to touch me. I didn't want my bare feet touching the sand or mud or rocks or whatever the bottom was when I was getting in and out. I was afraid of being too far away from the water's edge and not being able to just stand up. What if I got too tired? I didn't want dirty water in my ears. I could go on and on, but the bottom line is, I felt less control with swimming in open water, but I really wanted to do a triathlon. I mulled over it for at least a year, but probably longer. Then one day, I was scrolling through Facebook, and I saw a friend's post with a picture of her at the Augusta Half Ironman. She had just finished athlete check-in, and she was grinning from ear to ear. I could see the enormous excitement on her face, and I was intrigued. She was racing the next morning in a 70.3-mile triathlon. She was about to swim 1.2 miles, bike 56 miles, and run a half marathon, all in less than a day of work. I watched over the next few days as more and more pictures were posted, and I was hooked. The look on her face after she finished was captivating, She was radiating a huge sense of achievement and fulfillment. And right then, feeling brave, I decided, whatever it takes, I'm doing this. What better way to get over your fears than to just face them? And so I did. I got a membership to a gym with a pool and started swimming. I hadn't swam in a pool for probably 15 years or more, and it was hard. I was out of shape, to say the least. Then I found a friend that had access to a lake. We went out on her dad's pontoon, and I very reluctantly got in the water and swam for a little bit. And so began my journey to triathlon. I'll be honest, all of these years later, I still get anxious from time to time when open water swimming. 
but I've paid very close attention to what is going through my mind, and I've found ways to ease my nerves. All of those things I was afraid of are not at all an issue. So now I want to share some things with you that might ease some of your anxiety. So let's start with how to start swimming. Well, this may seem obvious, but find a local gym with a pool and start going. I know that in many gyms, the pool is in the front or surrounded by windows. It may feel intimidating because it looks like you're on display. But remember this, when people go to the gym, they are generally focused on themselves. No one is paying attention to you. The windows and pool accessibility are for your safety. And I truly say, who cares? By going to the gym, you are a step ahead of those that don't. You are doing something good for yourself. And you are the only person that you need to worry about. The only equipment you really need is a swimsuit and a pair of goggles. Any swimsuit will do. Just get in and swim. Now, I do recommend, since we are talking about swimming and not just lounging around in a pool, that you wear a suit that is form-fitting and holds uh, body parts in place. For men, compression shorts and women, a racer back rather than an open back is better. But if you're just starting, wear what you have. If you are going to make a purchase, Swim Outlet has some very reasonably priced swimsuits and gear. I just bought a new sporty swimsuit on clearance for $22. As for goggles, just get something cheap that works for you. There are so many styles, but don't overcomplicate this at first. You just want to be able to see in the water and protect your eyes from the chemicals in the pool. Most people prefer padding on the eye cups, and you can look for a pair that has adjustable nose pieces. For me, in the pool, I wear Swedish goggles, but this type is not for everyone. There's not any padding in the eye cups, but this is just my preference. When it comes to swimming in open water, you may want to consider getting a pair of reflective lenses since you will likely be dealing with sunlight. Pro tip! When you start doing triathlons, it's a good idea to have several pairs of goggles and bring them all on race day. Since I've been doing this for a while, I have accumulated a lot of goggles. I usually have at least three or four pairs in my tri bag. I always carry at least one pair of reflective goggles and one pair of clear goggles, just in case it's not sunny. And then I carry a backup pair too. Goggles break at the most inopportune times. I've been in line to get in the water and my goggle straps have broken. I've always got a backup though. But more often, my extra goggles are given to somebody else who either forgot goggles or theirs broke. Now you don't have to have this, but if you have hair, I do recommend that you wear a swim cap. Your hair won't stay dry, but it will be out of your face, won't get wrapped up in the goggle straps, and your hair is better protected from the pool chemicals. If you don't wear one when you're training, that's fine. It's your preference. But once you start racing, you will accumulate caps. In most races, you will be given a swim cap in your race packet. This is one of the ways participants are kept safe. Typically, you will be given a cap with a bright color or at least a color that won't blend in with the water. This helps the volunteers and lifeguards to see you. Now, if you need a little guidance on gear recommendations, I'll put a link to Swim Outlet in the show notes. Or you can head over to my website, trynursecoaching.com resources. I've created a team store with recommended gear like swimsuits, goggles, and other stuff we'll talk about that you can use while you're training. 
Now, full disclosure, this is an affiliate link and I may get a small amount of money for purchases made through my link, but I assure you that I do not make recommendations for money. I have been using and recommending Swim Outlet for years and everything I have listed, I either am currently using or I have used. Minus the men's swim shorts, I've never worn those. But I know a lot of people that do, and I'm just going to trust my male friend's recommendations on that one. When you start swimming, just do the best you can. If you can't make it all the way down the lane without stopping, it's okay to take a rest or roll over onto your back. Just be aware of other swimmers if you happen to be sharing a lane. I promise, the more you swim, the easier it will get. Probably the coolest thing about swimming is how quickly you will see improvements and build endurance. One of the biggest hurdles new swimmers face, well, is keeping their face in the water. It's a natural instinct to want to keep your face out of the water. After all, your body knows that there are only two ways to get oxygen, through your mouth and through your nose, both of which are on your face. So don't feel bad about yourself if you're struggling to keep your whole face in the water. But this is something that you'll want to work on. By keeping your head up, you're wasting energy. Proper form starts with a body in line with the top of the water. If you're keeping your head tilted up, you're creating more work for yourself and tiring your muscles faster. Not only are you putting more strain on your neck, but you're overusing your chest muscles. Swimming is powered by those strong back, shoulder, and arm muscles. When you have proper form, your body will glide along the top of the water. If putting your face in the water is uncomfortable, I suggest you start here. Stay at the pool's edge. Hold onto the side of the pool with both hands so that they are out in front of you and put your face in the water. Now blow air out your nose, like making bubbles. For some people, it helps to hum. You can even practice this by holding a kickboard out in front of you and gently kicking your feet as you move down the lane. Do the same exact thing. Lift your head when you need a breath. Eventually, you will want to breathe to the side rather than lifting your head out of the water. You can practice this on the pool wall or using a kickboard too. When you need air, tilt your head to the side so you can take air in through your mouth. Since you can't see me on this podcast to demonstrate it for you, I would say to think of it like you are laying your head on a pillow if you were sleeping on your stomach. You see, when you swim, As you lift your arm out of the water, there will be a little pocket of air created that is perfect to tilt your head into and take a breath. Aim for what's called bilateral breathing. This simply means that you breathe on both sides. As you swim, you will want to be able to breathe to both the left and the right side, not on every stroke. A good place to start once you're comfortable with the breathing technique is to breathe every three strokes. So as you lift your right arm out of the water, you will tilt your head to the right like you're laying your head on a pillow, take in air through your mouth in that little pocket that's created as you lift your arm, then put your face back in the water, blow the air out through your nose as you take two more arm strokes, then repeat on the left side. It's very common for people to have a preferred side to breathe on. Many swimmers breathe on every other stroke. Pro tip... Even if you are breathing on every other stroke, you will still want to learn to breathe on both sides. 
Honestly, in a triathlon, I find myself breathing on every other stroke, even though in the pool I breathe every three, five, or seven strokes. But I still swap sides. Maybe I take 10 or so strokes where I only breathe to the right, and then I switch to the left, and I keep swapping over the entire course. Why is this important? Especially when training, this is to keep your stroke symmetrical. Every time you take a breath, you are disrupting the natural rhythm of your stroke and using extra muscles to push the water in such a way to lift your body just enough to turn and breathe. If you only ever breathe to one side, you might find yourself stronger on one side than the other. I'm not saying that one arm is going to be twice as big as the other, but still, you will be more efficient, more streamlined, and swim straighter if your body is more symmetrical and equally strong. This is particularly true in open water where there's not a lane to follow. Now, I've spent a lot of time on breathing for a reason. It's so important to master. It's all about timing. If it seems complicated, it's really not. It just takes practice. If you are struggling, I really recommend hiring a swim instructor or a coach to help. If you can find someone that can meet you at the pool, perfect. It's great to be able to watch, receive instruction, and have someone watch you. If you're in the Memphis area, give me a shout. I'd love to help. Another option is to join your local U.S. Master Swimming Group. I'll add a link to this week's notes, too, so you can find one in your area. Also, U.S. Master Swimming has lots of instructional videos you can watch. If you can't connect with someone local, find a coach who can do a virtual swim analysis. I and many other coaches use a cool software that enables us to analyze a video of a swimmer and provide very specific feedback. Lastly, even a dry virtual consultation can help. Get in touch and we can talk through some tips and tricks on dry land that you can then implement in the water. Now let's talk about body position. As we discussed, keeping your face in the water is important. Many swimmers find that their legs sink and cause extra drag. Most of the time, this is because of incorrect head position. When your head is too high, it causes hips to drop and legs to sink. To prevent this, activate your core. Keep your head positioned so that you are gazing towards the bottom of the pool. Keep your head in a neutral position so that you are looking down, not forward. If you are struggling with this, you can use a cheap pool buoy to help keep your legs lifted. And yep, I have one listed in my Swim Outlet Team store. It's less than $10, and it's a little flotation device that you put between your legs just above your knees that holds your back end up. It's a great piece of gear to use sometimes during your workout to take one piece of swimming out of the equation so you can focus on stroke development. Some other alignment tips? When your hand is re-entering the water, maintain alignment by entering your hand into the water directly in front of your shoulder. This should be relatively smooth, not slapping the water, but gently piercing the water with your fingertips, extending the arm in front of you, and then pulling through the stroke by keeping your arm in a channel on its respective side of the body. Your arm shouldn't cross the center line of your body. Keep your fingertips together, maintain tension in your wrist, and apply a firm, powerful force that is grabbing the water and pushing it backwards, which then propels you forward. So we've talked about breathing and body position. Let's wrap up on how to improve. My number one tip is to be consistent. 
Swimming is a skill that you develop over time. The best way to get faster is to improve your technique. To improve your technique, you have to practice. My suggestion is to swim more often for less time than it is to only swim once in a while for a long period of time. Some of my swims are only 15 or 20 minutes because it's important for my body to be comfortable in the water and repeat skills over and over so that my form is good without even thinking about it during a race. The next thing is, though it's great to just get in and do laps, you will improve faster by doing sets. You can kind of compare this to lifting weights. If you're trying to grow your biceps, you're not just going to go pick up a five-pound weight and do curls for an hour. No, you're going to do a combination of things, like picking an appropriate weight and doing three sets of 10. And you're going to do different types of weight lifts, like hammer curls, barbell curls, side curls, or other exercises. Swimming is the same. Doing different sets that are focused will help you grow. Maybe some wind sprints to build your lung capacity and spike your heart rate, like 1225s with a 10-second rest. So what does that mean? Well, 25 yards is the typical length of a lap pool in America. Some may be measured in meters, and some pools may even be Olympic size at 50 meters. You'll have to see what your gym's pool length is. But most gyms have a pool that is 25 yards So if you're going to do 1225s with a 10-second rest, you will sprint one length of the pool, 25 yards, and rest for 10 seconds, and then do it again, times 12. You could do kick sets using a kickboard and only kicking to build the strength in your legs. Maybe you do 4 by 100s with the pool buoy so you can focus on your breathing technique. Hey, guess what? I just love giving you free resources. So I've put together a packet with 40 of my favorite swim workouts. I like to print and laminate the workout so I can just pull one out and leave it on the pool deck in front of my lane and then follow it during the workout. In the packet, you will get some instructions and then 40 workouts in three by five sections that are ready to print, cut out, and either laminate with a machine. I mean, they're only like $15 at Walmart or use self-laminating pouches to seal. I'll add a link in the show notes or go to trynursecoaching.com slash freebies for your free copy. One last thing. Just remember that you don't have to be an expert swimmer to do a triathlon. You simply need to be able to move your body forward in the water for the course distance. You can use any stroke type you need to. There are no rules against the way you swim. You can use the most common stroke, the front crawl, and any variation of it. You can do breaststroke. That's when you kick your legs like a frog and bring your head up out of the water on every stroke. You can do a side stroke. You can doggy paddle. You can flip over onto your back. You can stop at any point and catch your breath. You can stay still and tread water. You can even swim over to a water supporter like a kayaker or even call them over to you. And you can hold on to the kayak while you rest and catch your breath. They can't move you forward but they can allow you the chance to stop for a few minutes so that you can continue on and finish. If it just becomes too much, water support is there to assist you with getting back to shore. There is no shame in pulling out of a race if you need to. It happens to athletes at all levels, even pros sometimes. 
So I hope this helped you to learn a few basics to get you started swimming and maybe even give you a little nudge if the swim portion of a triathlon is holding you back from trying one. If you have any questions, reach out. I'd love to help. Now is the perfect time to start swim training for the upcoming season. If you have some tips you would like to share or want to learn more about how I can help you, go to trynursecoaching.com contact. Next week, I'll dive into more specific training and racing tips for the swim portion of a triathlon. Talk to you then. That's all for now. Thanks for tuning in. I would love to hear from you. So if you have topic ideas or questions you would like for me to discuss on the show, visit trynursecoaching.com. And for more great info, join my Facebook group, the Official Triathlete Academy. Check the show notes for links. Love the show? Please subscribe, leave a review, and be sure to tell your friends. And remember, do things that are hard.